I'm going to set a scene for you. Okay. I'm sitting down at a desk. I've got my I feel phone. Like this is going to like dirty talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting down at a desk. My phone is beside me. Okay, my phone is beside me. My laptop. Times are tough. We're going <laughs> I would scratch that. Okay, so my phone is beside me. My laptop is in front of me. It's 6 p.m. It's after work hours. Okay. But I'm still working. Mm -hmm. I am being broken up with over text. Tears streaming down my face. Simultaneously, my mother is texting me a gift idea that she has for my father. And she needs my help to purchase it because it's an online gift. And we all know that seniors can't do anything online. I'm everyone's personal shopper in the family. I'm the designated personal shopper. The Amazon Prime account? Yeah. yeah. So I'm helping her because I open up the link of the item that she wants to get him. As you're crying. As I'm crying. Gasping for air. Gasping for air. Mm -hmm. And I find out that the item isn't on Amazon, which is where I have my dad's credit card stored. And this purchase was actually going to go on his credit card, even though it's a gift for him. Okay. So I said to her, okay, well, I'm going to need his credit card info because this is a website that's not Amazon. I don't have his card saved. Right. So I find out that they don't actually ship to Canada. So I do have a subscription service in the States, which is a service that if you are in another country other than the States, you can get something shipped to them. Like a PO box. Yeah. And then, and then they'll it ship it to yeah. you. Yeah. So I'm logging into another browser. I'm opening up my account, seeing how much this would cost, giving her the estimated costs. Yes, it's okay. We are fixing the problems. We are ordering the gifts. Yeah. At the same time, my alarm goes off on my phone. I have a bladder infection and it's telling me I need to take my antibiotics. So I'm just wondering, is that psychotic behavior or have I just adapted to the chaos, the chaos of life, of your life? Yeah. And, and able to kind of just sociopath my way through some things. Yes, I was showing emotion, yeah. but I was still capable of switching gears within seconds and able to fill out shipping documents and multiple forms. That's called like high functioning anxiety. Right. Yeah. Is that what it's called? That is. <laughs> Girl, that is messed up. How do you feel now? When you're saying this, like yeah. as you're repeating this and you're, you're describing, vividly describing your experience and vividly, because I'm sure as you're telling me this, you're going back to that moment and yeah. you're feeling the pain. You're yeah. feeling the pain of the bladder infection. You're feeling yeah. the heart tearing apart. Because let me tell you guys, and girls <laughs> when you're going through a heartbreak that is a physical pain yeah um still like almost peaceful but it's also the end of the week so it's like your body just kind of shuts down i, I think i have a unique ability of being able to shut off mm. at five o'clock not just from my job but from life my bedroom is a sanctuary right. and that flows into the rest of the house if right. I do live alone. 
if I have control over that environment, I'm able to make kind of the whole place my sanctuary. And so when I morph into these places, mm -hmm. I just shut down and exist in my own little world. And I can actually shut off the physical pain that comes from anxiety. Right. So even though I've felt heartbreak, I've felt extreme stress over the week, just like at five o'clock, mm -hmm. I can snap it off. Right. And that's kind of why I was asking, like, is this psychotic behavior? Because part of it does feel a little sociopathic, like that I'm able to. I mean, it is. Yeah, I think it is. But I, I think this is the problem. It's like you're explaining this, but I also think it's so relatable because how many times you're having a fight with your partner or something at work and you still have to manage to get your work done because you're, you're, you have a board meeting to go to. And at the same time, you you have your period and you have cramps or I feel like that is a perfect little I mean, representation pregnancy. of, pregnancy. yeah. The other day I was having a conversation with someone and he was like, there's no more gender roles. I was like, okay, you carry a baby then. Yeah. Don't talk to me about blues and pink, sweetheart. It's fine when it's coming from someone who is truly, because I do know people who are very, very systematically equal. Like if you put a dollar, I have to put in a dollar. I was on, I was on the phone and with, with my, with this guy and we were dry, I was driving and I was like, oh, crap, I need gas. And he was like, oh, you do that? You pump your own gas? Oh, he was, he was making God. a little dig. And I just said, well, that's a, I know, right? It's a blue thing as in like it's a male thing like a guy should be doing mm -hmm. it again whatever it's not a pink job and then he was like there's no more gender roles as i'm going through all the hormonal crap i'm going yeah. through I, you have more patience than i do because that's a level of immaturity that i don't even respond to right. you say something like that to me it's actually just a hang up and then i never actually speak to you again mm. i don't have time for anyone like that in yeah. my life i can I have to deal with enough immaturity, mm -hmm. but that level is, you cannot change that. No, but it's exactly, it's the mentality. I started thinking about the capability of people. This person, I promise you, did not even understand what they were saying. They didn't even have the depth of understanding what they were saying. And so it made me think, are people even capable of understanding and going deeper and understanding that like what they're saying is incorrect are people capable of that so the way i've always dealt with people that i, I immediately identify are not capable mm -hmm. is that i dismiss them and i don't dismiss them in the sense that you are lower than me mm -hmm. so goodbye yeah. i dismiss them in the sense of you got your own thing going on i'm never going to change you but i also don't have room for you in my life the reason I'm saying this is, should I dismiss them or should I be doing a better job at helping them understand? The reason I dismiss them is because I truly believe and I've believed for the longest time that you cannot change people who don't have the capability of depth. And I, I believe that I can identify this in people. I don't think you can change anyone, period forget if they're capable of going deeper even on a surface level you can't change people let's let untangle this a little bit yeah. i've changed since i was 20. there are definitely immature thoughts that i've had since i was 20. that's different right why because you changed yourself 
Right. You're saying. So would you have met me when I was 20 and would you have said she's got the capability of changing? Yes. I did know. When you, okay. I did know you when right. You that's true. <laughs> that's true. Okay. <laughs> and there are people in my life who, and I think this is why you grow apart. You know, I was, I was engaged. I was, I was in a very, very long-term relationship and it started out when we were very young and we grew apart. And I think that's what people are referring to when they just say like, you can't change people. People, some people aren't capable of depth. Some people, you just have to realize like you're just going in different ways. I couldn't change him even on the surface stuff. I'm trying to think mm -hmm. of what is it about someone that makes me dismiss them. And so the example you first brought up mm -hmm. about a man saying something so archaic. Mm -hmm. Don't you think some people would, some people just playing devil's advocate. I know I said it, but some people would say what I said was archaic. And that's what he was saying. He was saying me referring to pumping gas is a blue job. I know it's a blue job, but then I was being a little bit sarcastic. When you say those things, it's almost a flirty thing. Yeah. I'm saying it. To You're making conversation. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm saying it in, um, in a way of allowing my feminine energy to be more present mm. and wanting yeah, at that moment wanting his masculine energy to yeah. be like i got you babe of course of course it's a blue job babe i got you you don't you never have to worry about a thing in your life see and and that's what i wanted at that uh, moment okay so the more frustrated i become with men mm -hmm. the further i get from wanting to flirt in that manner of course i totally get what you're where you're going with this, mm -hmm. but I actually become very like anti that. Yeah. Like, I don't even want you to joke around mm. in reducing me to this. So I'm not even going to be flighty. I think maybe I'm also just really sensitive because a lot of men try to put that on me. Mm -hmm. This, like, you're just a bimbo. And it's, it's, it's one of the most sensitive subjects for me because like, I just, but can't feeling, stand it. feeling feminine, feeling feminine isn't about feeling. No, I don't know. Flirty, flirty behavior. Right. Like that. Yeah. I, it is. It is the feminine. And it reduces you. I know what I, what I was trying to go with that was being, being smart isn't associated with you being feminine or masculine. Okay. So this is a psychological issue. It's me. not right. Because so, I am associated the two of them right as opposites see, i don't because men always try to put me in one right. category versus the other see for me that's not even a feminine masculine thing i know it's not and it it isn't right but but men want to put us in one or the other categories yeah well i mean if they don't see you as mm -hmm. wife material they see you as bimbo and so as right. soon as i'm put into that category i'm like f no mm -hmm. i'm smart Get me out of here. I am wife material. Maybe I'm not for you, but F you. But a, but a secure masculine man would never make you feel that way anyway. Yeah, but it's hard to see it that way. Because if you admire someone, mm -hmm. we've gotten into this argument yeah. so many times. If you admire someone, it is very difficult to yeah. see them in a reduced way. Like in, it, It's very difficult to take them off a pedestal mm -hmm. if you have a crush on of someone. Course. Yeah. So yeah, it's. I've always found it impossible to get out of that mindset of like... Oh, they're just not as smart because they couldn't identify my value. But this is coming back to the conversation we're trying to have about depth. If you were actually taking a back, back, back seat, mm -hmm. 
we would be able to say, oh, that man is not capable of depth. He is not capable of recognizing the value in people like you or I. And so he's not capable of depth. Yeah. And he's not, he's not even about if he's not capable of realizing the value of others, but value of himself. I think it, the depth and self, the depth is connected to your self-awareness. self, -aware, self -awareness. And he's not even aware of himself and the things he wants and he, what he's, his needs, his requirements. He's not even able to look at himself. And if you don't even know how to be the best version of you, if you don't even know how to come to the table, making sure you're doing everything you can to be the best person you can be, I'm not saying be the best person in the world. I'm saying the best version of you. How in the world are you going to be able to fulfill me? A key identifier of people who are not capable of depth is someone who is not actively working on themselves. Just self-awareness. Yeah. I would sometimes it's sometimes working on yourself doesn't come in in the generic forms that we've seen, like, oh, I go to therapy or sometimes yeah, no. working on yourself is really about waking up early, going to the gym, you know, practicing mental peace, practicing the way you speak, being mindful of how your tone is. Sometimes it's things like that. Maybe it's not that you're reading self-help books or you're listening to podcasts and maybe it's not things like that. It comes in different versions of it, but being self-aware means that in some shape or form you're taking care of yourself to be better now the depth i think that's the number that's the number one thing that's required then the depth comes in when you ask people hey why are you working out or why are you reading this book or why are you interested in this and then their answer is the depth you know what i mean like some people are working out because they're like I just want ops and I just want to look good. And I just, yep. and some people are like, no, I'm working out because it's my, it actually, my physical health is directly linked to my mental health. I meditate, I stretch my body. I, you know, I release healthy hormones, all that great stuff. What exactly are you looking for mm -hmm. when you say you're looking for a person with depth? Mm -hmm. My two things that I'm really looking for there is a curiosity and an openness. See, for me, depth has to be only because like I used to have those, like, mind you, those two criteria are still there for me, but I've noticed that it has to go beyond that. Like curiosity is important, but curiosity is still very relative. How much would you say that emotions prevent a person from being deep? What do you mean? I'm thinking of things that we hate. People mm -hmm. jump on board when they hate uh, Joe Rogan, mm -hmm. right? He does a couple podcasts inviting people that, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that are very controversial yeah. and then they paint him with an entire brush. Yeah. This is not a good person. But you just So, so wait, so wait, this is, I'm bringing it back a little bit because yeah. this is an emotional decision that people are making. They're jumping with the angry mob mm -hmm. and they're painting a brush on that kind of person. Mm -hmm. And they're never going to be open to anything else that comes out of his mouth. Mm -hmm. That was an emotional decision mm -hmm. of all of those people that don't like him mm -hmm. and continue to not listen to him. I'm not, this is not a, like a pro Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. I'm just using this as an example. I could use any villainized figure in, in the media as an example. But it, 
emotion is a part of that. I'm saying openness, open-mindedness and curiosity are two key factors to being deep because if you are curious about different perceptions, mm -hmm. you wouldn't let the crowd, the angry mob influence your mind so easily. I agree with you, but like I said, I think there's factors. I, I, I think the, the two factors is not enough. I think there's way more to it, right? It's being able to be critical. So yes, you're curious. Yes, you're flexible, but can you link ideas together? Right. Can you actually think critically? Mm. Right. So you're curious, you start Googling, join the rest of the world, right? Mm -hmm. You're flexible, but in this day and age, every idea you're given your reality, everything you're seeing on Instagram, on TikTok, is because there's an algorithm of what you already like. So it's your exposure anyway, right? Um, and as human beings, we naturally, we gravitate towards people who we identify ourselves in. We like our mirrors, right? This is why the same person who's the most similar to you can also get under your skin. Yeah. Right. So those factors are needed, but I think a lot more goes into depth. Have you ever sat with someone and you're trying to have a, this happened to me recently. I'm trying to have a deep conversation. I'm trying to get mind stimulated. I was like, yeah, because I need mental stimulation. Like, yeah. I need it. It's, it's just as important as physical stimulation for me. And I was getting like these one worded crappy responses. Like I was, I don't know. I can't disinterested. Remember what I was. It wasn't even, no, Not it curious. wasn't even, it wasn't <laughs> even disinterested. It was, I, I don't think they were capable of it. I genuinely don't think they were capable of going deeper. And it was that moment I was like, yeah, we're not, we're not aligned. So some people would say that's intelligence. I think to be deep, you have to have some sort of like EQ, no? Well, EQ is not IQ. But it's still some sort of social intelligence. Right. There's a million topics I know nothing about. And I can sit here and I can say, there's a lot of stuff I know nothing about. And if yeah. someone was to sit in front of me and try and have a discussion some of my some of my very very good friends are in they've majored in like ph philosophy let's say and they go really deep into like their subject i know nothing about some of the things they're saying but i can sit there and i can at least try and have a a conversation now the conversation might be mostly me asking questions being intrigued being curious being able to link the different ideas they're giving me in my head and say, oh, so what you were talking about earlier, that's what you meant when you said this. And oh, right, so that kind of makes sense when you kind of put it all together. But I'm capable of carrying a conversation. How much of that is you being a caring person toward other people? Because you, you're generally more of a caring person, even more than I am. Well, we don't. So <laughs> nat naturally, how much of it is that versus you being curious for absorbing information and growing yourself because i i'm think i'm more the latter mm -hmm. i think i'm generally more curious to absorb information so that i can continue to grow mm -hmm. it's not so much that i want to show the other person that i care right. deeply about what they're saying i think it's both i think it's i think it depends on the topic it depends on the topic it depends on the situation if it's someone i care about if for example if it's you 
right? And you're talking to me about some of the work stuff you do. Sometimes I'm like, your industry, I know very little about. You can tell me that you zone out. I don't zone out. <laughs> I don't zone out. But it's not, I'm not sitting there thinking, I know 100% of what she's talking about. What keeps you interested? You. So it's, right. So, 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 so I, that's where EQ comes in. But it's because my relationship with you, right? If some random person on the street is telling me about their job and they do exactly what you do, I might not be as interested. I might show a little bit of interest of, oh, okay, so the organization is like this and I'm trying to like piece the puzzles together a little bit and get a general idea. But I wouldn't necessarily put the the emotional energy past that, right? So I think I think to answer your question, it's both emotional and curiosity for my own development, but the extent of it depends on my relationship with who I'm speaking to. And also my own selfish gain from it. If it's right. an industry that I'm fascinated by, that I love, I'm going to be a nerd. And, and it happens. It, ha- yeah. it happens when I'm sitting across from someone who's in, I don't know, development and construction and design and or traveling or whatever. I, I sit there and I'm, I pick their brain to the point where they're like, you can tell they're like, shut up already. <laughs> so I actually think as you're describing these things that you could be be a deep person, but still not be open-minded. So I think, let's say when I'm describing someone that I want, you can't just be deep. You also have to be open-minded and have high EQ. You have to be open-minded. Those things all work together. They are not all the definition of depth. Yeah. 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 Being being open-minded though, isn't just about curiosity. Being open-minded goes way beyond. Open-minded means you have taken the same route every single day of your life and someone comes along and says, hey, the route you're taking is great, but can I suggest something else? And open-minded is that initial reaction you have to them of saying, oh, that's interesting. You know what? I've actually never taken it. Or were you going to get defensive and say, are you kidding me? Do you know I've lived here my whole life? You're telling me which route to take? That's the difference between an open-minded person or not. It's not being fake and being like, well, that's an interesting point you make. No. Because you're trying to be open. Because you're trying to be open-minded. You know that question of which celebrity, living or dead, would you want to sit down to dinner with? Yeah. There's two. No, I only just thought of this. This is not something I'm dreaming about. (laughs) I would love to sit down with Katie Holmes Mm -hmm. and or Leah Remini, I think her name is, Mm -hmm. the girl that was in King of Queens. Both of them were in Scientology. Yeah. Uh, the Church of Scientology, and both of them, I believe, have come out of it. I don't think Katie Holmes is still in it. No, I think that ended with Tom. <laughs> right? Yeah. And plus, she was married to Tom. Yeah. The reason I want to sit down with them is because I am insanely curious to know what they are really like. They both came out of it, mm-hmm. but at one point in their lives, they were fully capable of believing, following, mm-hmm. worshiping this kind of person slash group of people. So how much of a person that can initially be in that environment be also capable of being a fully deep person and open-minded? I want to believe that they both are because they, you know, Leah's gone on to make a documentary or whatever she has. And Katie seems like a very nice, normal person. I don't know either of them personally, but I just so badly don't want to sit down with them and 
they start talking and then you realize this person has a whole lot of other mm. things going on. It may have stopped with Scientology, but these their way of thinking may have continued into other areas of their right. life. And there's like some of their habits, some of their habits, right. and they're still not a person yeah. that's capable of understanding different political views, different worldviews. Mm. They still are very much gravitating towards one opinion versus the other. Right. So like they may have left this extreme yes. but now are they in a different extreme well maybe not a different extreme but maybe it's just takes mm -hmm. different forms in their lives daily i like to draw some parallels to what you just said you just said this person these people who were at one point in these relationships or in these situations that they were so into it can we draw some parallels because how many times have we been in relationships and you think you are in love you yeah. are in love. Ooh. You're obsessed. You are obsessed with this person. Everything they do, you are like, oh, isn't it so great? And then now you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? It's the state of mind. Your brain, your thoughts, your judgment, your emotions, everything is clouded by a bigger power, which is love. Right? Now... Can you draw some, can we draw some parallels from the two? Cause fast forward 10 years from now, we're sitting back and we're like, girl, what was I thinking? Okay. What was I thinking? You've never had that. You've never had a moment where years and years and years. I'm not, I'm talking about like your high school sweetheart or something. And like years and years later, you were like, what was I thinking? Let's think back about what I just said about the Scientology mm -hmm. people and how I would love to sit down with them to see if the way that they were has carried on through other streams of their life. Mm -hmm. I will fully admit that I had phases in my life where I was in love with boys that were like city celebrities. I remember being in love with this guy who's a radio DJ. Right. I call this the uh, radio phase of my life because I was both trying to break into a radio career. So I was interning at a radio station, 5 a.m. and going through all the motions. Then I was also crushing on, not a guy in that station, by the way, it was another station. Oh I was crushing on this guy and I started dating him simultaneously. And so my whole world was radio and I was obsessed with him. And now I can look back on that time and say to myself, yeah, why did I think he was so amazing? However, that behavior of mine of falling head over heels in love mm -hmm. and like let's just say like worshiping yeah like draw the parallel to Scientology that kind of behavior is still here right years later right I'm that same person right so right I don't it's almost like I don't have depth when it comes to depth and self-awareness, when it comes to... No, you do. Well, I would say you do. You just don't have self-discipline. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a whole... <laughs> I cannot correct that behavior. We, we know. We know we're touching fire. Yeah. We're like, and we know it's going to hurt. We're very... <laughs> I'm aware. Now we just sound stupid. <laughs> so I think we just... We need to just have a little bit more self-discipline and you know what not even self-discipline we need to be confident in our decisions and be firm 
I mean, I, I think you had it, the self-discipline. You could be self-aware of the solution and be confident in it. No, not, but still not, not have enough self. I'm saying confident in ourselves. I think, I think sometimes bad habits are from insecurities and self-esteem and things like that. Yeah, but what would you say to me if I said, I continually say to you, I love myself. I think I'm great. Yeah, I continually put myself in relationships I think, that, yeah, but I would say like, you're also, I, I know you, I know you think you're great and I, and you are great. <laughs> <laughs> you are great. You're so great. <laughs> you really are. You know, I love you. Um, but I think there's, there's a, a part of you, whether it's small or big of always, um, wanting, wanting to be wanted. Yeah. Oh, so that's an insecurity. And that's an insecurity. Oh. And so you well, can you sit here and we can sit here and say like, I'm the, I'm, I'm the shit and I'm this and that's yeah. great. But the minute, the minute someone that's right. Tackles that part of you. Yeah. I want to be you wanted. Melt, right. You break. I, I don't need everyone to want me. No, no, no. I just despise the person. Want, you, yeah. The person yeah. I want not, not feeling, wanting me. Yeah. Feeling unwanted. And so it's, I was watching this comedian. They were saying like, if someone walked up to you and said, ew, I hate your blue hair right now, the way you look. Okay. You'd be like, what are you talking about? Right. They'd be like, you're so ugly with your blue hair. You'd be like, what do you want about? No one has blue hair. Yeah. This guy's crazy. He's like, that's their perception. So if someone comes up to you and says you're fat uh -huh. or you're ugly, that's their perception. Why do you get so offended? Or if someone says like, I don't like you. Well, I thought you were going with this, like, if it's a stranger, I actually don't care, but no. it's the person I want, I do. No, what I mean is if someone comes up to you and makes a comment about your appearance or about something to do with you, the point is you don't get offended. It doesn't phase you. It doesn't impact you. And so the point of it is, why is it that when someone is telling you that you don't think is true, you can brush it off because you don't believe it's true? Yeah. So when someone is telling you something that you feel, because that person telling you, I don't like your blue hair, believes that you have blue hair. But that, that still doesn't make sense with what I just said to you, because how can I love myself? But that's, that's, that was my point. My point is, that's how you know you have insecurities, is when someone turns around and says, I don't want to be with you, the person that you love the person that you have chosen to be for you turns around and says, I don't see us being together. We take things personally. Yeah. Right. But that's the point of the story. The point of the story is you shouldn't take it personally because it's not about you. It's about their perception. Yes, but saying, I care about their perception. Yeah. But you, you shouldn't. The point is, is but like, why shouldn't I, if I want them? So because you're a healthy human being and you're, we have to learn that someone not wanting us is not a reflection of us, but it's a reflection of them, right? I don't get offended when someone I care about says, I don't like French fries. Don't like French fries. Yeah, it's just much easier done when it's someone I, you don't care I, about, when I, there's I, no emotion involved. Yeah, and I can appreciate that that's part of being like at a healthy state of mind is being able to say, I see that that's your 
feeling and I appreciate it and that hurts that sucks because I did really like you and I still do like you but it doesn't impact who you are you can be sad there's a difference okay so you know there's a difference no but sad no hold on there's a difference when you're sad that you've lost something versus you're sad because you feel like you weren't enough they're two very different things I need to defend myself and everyone else who is like me I'm like <laughs> you too just, no, I'm I, like yeah, you so, too. But, but but here when you get into a relationship with someone you tr trust them mm -hmm. and you trust in the person that they are telling you they are mm -hmm. which is a person who cares about you mm -hmm. one of the things that can breach that trust mm -hmm. is me finding out that what you said to me was that was complimenting me and that was caring about me was a lie mm -hmm. because how can two things be true how can you tell me one day that you think i'm amazing yeah. and i'm the most unique woman you've ever met and then the next week decide you want to date someone else i have to defend my people here that get upset and and you're saying that we're insecure but I think it has more to do with the fact that we're upset that this person has deceived us. And I can't, we're talking about I can't, two different things. No, but that's what two different things. No, no, but that's what unravels no, at that point no, in time. No, what you're saying a hundred percent get upset because the person has deceived you. That's very different. It, that is very different than the little girl inside of me who sat on New Year's Eve thinking, why didn't he want me? There are two different feelings I, of there are two different. And you need to you need to distinguish between that because they're very, very different. And you should you should you should go through those two emotions in different ways. Me acknowledging that I have an insecurity of being left behind of of not being wanted or of not being enough of someone just betraying me all of those are very different than me having the right having the fucking right to look at you and say how could you deceive me how could you be deceitful how could you lie to me now i say all of that you are allowed we are all allowed as human beings to change one day I might like pasta and the next day I might hate pasta. Yeah. That is, we are entitled to that. Yeah. But to feel like you've lied to me, I agree with you. That, that, that's anger. That's rage. That's pain for me. But for me to feel abandoned, those are, those are two different things. I just have a really hard time with this because I come into a relationship secure mm -hmm. in myself mm -hmm. and confident in myself. And when the person deceives me mm -hmm. by first saying, I love who you are mm -hmm. and recognizing what I see in myself, yeah. I feel that my emotion at the time of breakup is solely based in not just the deceit not in because that's why i can't get angry at the person because mm -hmm. I, I i have a hard time thinking you did this on purpose mm -hmm. it's more based in the fact that i consider them to be a smart person mm -hmm. and now that i've painted this picture of them they are telling me 
that I'm not good enough for them. And so my anger is more based around the fact of, hold on a second, how could you think, how how could you think I am not smart enough? How? That's, it's not, I'm not questioning my self. I'm I'm questioning how could you Mm. and why? And so I'm, I get totally wrapped up in it. I understand how it looks like I'm questioning my own self-worth. No, I don't. But, I don't think there you are. I don't think. And I so, think but, but I think we're I think you need to go a little bit deeper than that, because one. Someone telling you you're I don't know, like, I love the way you think. I love the way your brain works. I love the way your they thoughts, recognize that. Yeah. And someone. So that's a really big compliment. To yeah. You. And then they turn around months later and they're like you know i just don't think we vibe right they've never once told you you're not smart did they no have they ever mentioned anything about your intelligence no but have they ever turned around and said i don't like the way you think yeah but but have have, you not no but hold on yeah but if i'm the greatest girl in the world then why don't you want me okay it's a reflection <laughs> of them you would have such a hard time breaking up with me. Oh my god, I would, I would send you home. Just no, but you would be ref- exhausted. It's a reflection. Trying to break up with me. It's a reflection of them, and so it would be. And I'm saying this all of this to you, not because I figured it out, but because this is all the advice I had to listen to to get through all of the fucking heartbreaks I've gone through. Because if I sat there and I micro-examined the way these men have treated me. I should technically be <laughs> like depressed, like alcoholic, all sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff. But I'm, I, this is something I'm working on to say, no, your opinion of me is your opinion. And that's all it is. And I need to be confident in what I believe who I am as a person. And so I also need to be very careful that your judgments on me are not, when you turn around and someone says to me, like, I don't think we're aligned. Mm-hmm. That's just telling me we're not aligned. They're not questioning how beautiful I am, how smart I am, how wonderful I am, what, what a great mom I'm going to be. They're not questioning any of that. They're just saying we are no longer aligned. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird thing to accept, but I have to learn that it's not about me. I think it's hard, but when, as we're trying to define depth in a person and we've kind of come to a few conclusions that it actually when we want a person that truly has depth it has to be partnered with the ability to have an open mind because being a deep person is just being a deep person but then you also have to have an open mind if you if if we want to be able to be in a relationship with you yeah Yeah. open-mindedness curiosity all the things we've just said are part of depth they're not aligned they're also part of it and can a person migrate into a deeper level of depth later on in their life? Mm-hmm. Can you change a person who is not capable of depth? Can you identify that? Are there certain things that you could pinpoint when first meeting a person that could help you determine this? Because I think, I think we've talked about this a lot mm-hmm. offline in that when you meet a person that you want to be in a relationship with you have to have met that person 
at the stage in their life that is depth. You can't meet a person and say, I can change you. That's no longer an option for us. We have learned that the hard way. We have learned that we cannot change a person who's not capable of depth. So then the question is, is how do you identify it? I think it's just asking the right questions like going we've we talked about this on one of the podcasts like early on it's get to the deep questions right away you know ask the hard questions right away and not for the sake of like grilling each other but to understand are they able to keep up with you you know what's the banter like what's the vibe like are they able to just are you able to go from one random combo to some other random combo and you've just like talked about the universe and god knows what else and i think that's what it comes to it's you just you got to do your homework you got to do your homework i'm not opposed to scaring a person yeah see how they take you it you don't want to tiptoe on like i'm the not first, tiptoeing yeah, yeah which which i'm i gotta learn to do that um because a, a person who's capable of depth truly they can't they don't get scared no they wouldn't no you're 100 percent right they wouldn't no they wouldn't get scared but more importantly you're being true to who you are yeah right because even if they even let's say you didn't say it because you were just like i'm just being polite you're not being real with yourself yeah i definitely need to do better at my first date questions sometimes you get caught up in like having fun if you're doing like a fun date i go full analytical Right. But what if that's who I am to your point? Like you're on a fun date. No, I don't have fun. You don't have fun. No. No. You don't have, I don't have fun. No. No, because, and I always say this about drinking in groups too. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need to drink to have fun. I'm fully, I'm fully capable of being the most outgoing, flirty, floozy person in the group without an ounce of alcohol. (laughs) I have that much confidence, right? And I take that to, my conversations with I'm like I sound like I'm doing this all the time but like <laughs> when I used to be really like on the dating role um I take that into those conversations because I'm like I don't care how scared you are right now I know I'm gonna be a great time yeah when we when we actually hit it off mm-hmm. and if you actually like me mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you the best fucking life you've ever had right and I've no doubt in that so you want to stick around you're gonna have to get through this conversation you're gonna have to be capable Mm-hmm. of not being scared when I ask you about, you know, great. what life is like when you've got the baby crying in the other room and yeah. my tits are sagging and like, I'm going to paint that picture for you. Yeah. I'm going to make you think about it mm-hmm. because I need to know. I love that. <laughs> Did we solve anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the funny thing about our our podcast is a lot of times we come in here and we're like, Let's talk about this. <laughs> Oftentimes, there's more question marks. <laughs> I'm like, huh. But that's okay. But that's the point of this. Exactly. The point of this is let's let's bring contradicting, contrasting yes. ideas and let's think about things. Yeah. And if we're walking away, hey, if I'm walking away from anything and I'm thinking about it a little bit deeper and it's allowing me to self-reflect or even think about the world, think about yeah. other people, we've, it's one step forward. I trust self-help books, the Ted talks, the motivational mm-hmm. speakers. I trust those people less than I do just going out there and getting real life people in front of me, talking to them. 
exposing myself yeah. to as many subjects as I can. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, just diving headfirst into real life. I don't want your conclusive. I mean, sometimes it's it's great. Yeah. But I don't always need conclusive steps on how to live life. Mm -hmm. Let me develop those on my own. That's part of, yeah. you know, bringing new thoughts in. I think the best people in my life who um, often give me the best advice are people who never actually give me advice. Yeah. They just ask me a lot of questions when I go to them with my dilemma. They're like, how did that make you feel? What do you think you would have done differently? Okay. You know, or like, did you, have you tried this? Or like, did mm. you think about it like this? They, they don't force their opinion or they don't force a solution down my throat, but rather they ask me enough questions and suggest ideas right. um, that <laughs> allow me to be like, huh, you know, that's a good point. Actually, yeah. I actually haven't spoken to him about this, or this isn't something I asked them, or this isn't something I've asked her. I actually haven't tried this approach or, or yeah, I actually did, but this is what happened, but I don't know what to do. You're saying you have better friends than me <laughs> because I'm going back to flashbacks of me just screaming into a voice note to you. Just, <laughs> he sucks, Fariba. That's different. Just listen. accept it. No, listen, we all need that as well. We need that. There are, how many times have I, have I voice noted you? And I'm like, I need to rant. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, when I say that, you know, you come and right. you're like, girl, he's a dick. Like he's yeah. a piece of shit. What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you continuing to waste your time? <laughs> and then other times my, my tone is a little bit different. I'm like, girl, this happened. I'm kind of feeling bummed right. about it. And you're like, and well, you need no, support. see his perspective. There's been times as well. We were like, well, no, babe. I think this is what was happening. See, and I have the depth to recognize when you just need support. Yeah. Sometimes people just need that, but yeah. there are people out there that don't have the ability no. to recognize how to morph into a mm -hmm. different person mm -hmm. for their loved one. Yeah. But I go, there's, there's very few people I go to with my personal shit, to be fair. I'm very private right. as I'm. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. People in my life, if you speak to like people in my life, they will always tell you I'm one of the most private people they've met. And then, and then this happened. <laughs> and then Cynthia happened. Well, I hope this can help a few people. I hope. In that we've given no advice. <laughs> Just more questions. You're welcome. Signing off.